0: Hello, my fellow Ripplers. This is Chris Miles, your cash flow expert and anti-financial advisor. Welcome to our show that's for you, those of you that work so hard for your money. And you want your money to start working harder for you right now. You want that freedom of cash flow today, not 30 or 40 years from now, but right now, so you can live that life that you love doing what you love. But guys, it's not just about getting rich, is it? It's about living a rich life, because as you're blessed financially, you have greater capacity to bless the lives of those around you. Guys, I appreciate so much for allowing me to do that with you guys. I know that you guys have been tuning in. You've been binging. You've been trying to absorb and soak up whatever information you can. Maybe you've even reached out. You've been applying this stuff and making it work in your own life so that you're one of those people that's going to be financially independent by the year 2030. And we want over a thousand of you to do that. So excited to be able to serve you today. Again, thank you for being here. If you haven't done so already, check out our calculator at moneyripples.com. There's a passive income calculator you can take. It takes a few minutes. But just by putting in some of your financial information and numbers, and don't worry, we don't share it or sell it or anything like that, but it's for your own results as a quiz. But you'll find out just how much passive income you can create in the next 12 months. So be sure and check that out today at moneyripples.com. Hey, how amazing would it be if you could create monthly cash flow, passive income from making at least double digit returns on your money? And get this, it's only $1,000 or more that you need to invest. Guys, that's exactly what Secured Investment Corp. does. They actually do short-term lending to real estate investors that's backed by real estate that you can actually return double-digit returns on. That means 10% or better. It's also IRA-friendly, and you can even reinvest those monthly distributions to create compound interest on your money, too. If you want to learn more about that, go check out securedinvestmentcorp.com. That's secured, S-E-C-U-R-E-D, investmentcorp.com. All right, guys. So I've got a special guest here, someone that I'm excited to have on because this guy just does not play at crazy little tiny sandbox level here. I mean, this guy is awesome. So I have Chaz Wolf here, man. Now, he's a high-performing serial entrepreneur. There's no doubt. I mean, this guy has built multiple and even sold multiple seven-figure businesses. Uh, He's everything from real estate investing, consulting, franchises, things like that we'll talk about today. He's also just amazingly not just a successful business owner, but very disciplined in his own life. And that's something that I also admire in him as well is that he's not just someone who wears himself out and just works really hard. He's a guy that actually excels
1: in all areas of his life. So really excited to have you here, Chaz. Welcome to the show. Appreciate being here, Chris. It's great to be back together after you being on my show. It was just a yeah. great relationship and happy to be back with you, man.
0: Absolutely. No, we had a ton of fun on your show too. So I'm excited to see what we do here as well. So give them a little bit more about your background, because I know you were a millionaire by age 29, which is amazing. We kind of share that similarity, but tell us more about your story.
1: Yeah. So I grew up single mom family and you know that comes with all the general things that you might think about is that my mom worked really hard, two and three jobs, but no financial education to be able to pass on because it wasn't given to her either. And she did pass on work ethic and a commitment and a grit <laughs> to life. And if I was going to go get anything, it was going to be because I went and got it, not because I waited or expected anybody to give it to me. And so that parlayed right into a lot of things in my life. Of course, a sales career, eventually getting into business ownership, eventually getting into investing, real estate, all the things that you mentioned. But yeah, I mean, at 24 years old, I left six-figure sales corporate job. I was leading sales teams, building sales teams, and opened up my first franchise. seems to be an easy exit from the corporate world as a franchise system and built seven locations of edible arrangements. It's a brand that is a gift brand. Still own a couple of those here today, but did that in my 20s. And gosh, we had seven locations over three states and 60, 65 employees. And kind of shortly after that, maybe five or six years into that, I'm about 10, 11 years into that journey. But five or six years ago, I started a journey in real estate and didn't really know what to do, but I just knew I needed assets and other things to pay me. I'm sure a lot like your listeners, they're just kind of getting that place and they got to get things figured out, whether it's a job or the business that they have and maybe have a little bit of money or maybe have some gumption that they can do more. So that's just where it was for real estate for me. I started buying some single family homes. I ended up buying some small multifamily, ended up getting into short-term rental. That's parlayed into investing into some different uh, real estate companies. But I think the mindset that really maybe you're after even with your show that really I had then was, I knew that there was a better way, whether it was the job that I had or the initial businesses, I knew that I wasn't done. I've got kids. I knew that there had to be an easier way to make money or maybe not easier, but just a more secure, like passive way that I could build. And then that would also benefit my kids and my grandkids. So hopefully that gives a little bit of the background.
0: No, that's great. I was actually going to ask you that because I mean, you've been very successful in business already. And then to say, you know what, I'm going to start venturing out and doing some of this as well. And that was kind of my question to you was really, what was that motivation? Like, what was that aha moment of, you know what, Like I can hustle and grind and use that grit that my mom taught me to really just build this thing to multiple seven, eight-figure, nine-figure businesses. But yet you still wanted to go do outside investing as well, or at least more passive, something that doesn't take away your attention too much, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think that whether, again, if I only still had the job, uh, maybe like some listeners do, or built multiple businesses, I just was a fan of having lots of different things working on my behalf. Me, of course, working on my behalf. Like you said that grit, that work ethic, I I don't think that'll ever mm-hmm. go away. I love actively building things, but mm-hmm. I also knew that like I'm limited. So like inside of a yeah. business, I'm limited until I can build a team. Yes. Outside of business, obviously leveraging resources is the best thing. That's that's my team personally, team, right? Yeah. Like all my little dollar uh, team members. And so, yeah, just not that I put my teams to work for me, but collectively we're working together as the benefit with money that I put those suckers to work for me. And yes, there are certain investments that I make that I'm involved with. And maybe that requires a certain acumen or a certain understanding of that business or whatever. And then there's other ones where I'm like, here's the check. My mailbox is right over there. Yeah, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Send me the monthly, quarterly, whatever it is, return.
0: Yep. Exactly. Oh, I love it, man. And now it's funny, we were talking about this before you we went on the air. Like You've obviously, especially when you have more money and you're successful, I'm sure there's lots of financial guys that enter your life. Could oh, be that local Northwestern Mutual guy that says, like, hey, buddy, we're college buddies together. We should do right. this. I mean, did you ever have experiences like that where financial advisors are saying, hey, we need to sit down. I'll show you something cool.
1: Yeah. And you're right. I've had the couple of buddies and that's always fine. I think every twenty, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three, twenty four year old guy has sold insurance or financial services or some Uh sort of cold call thing, which is great. Like good, you cut your teeth. I did the same thing with sales. I sold insurance and then eventually advertising. So I don't hate those guys. It's just the experience of they're just basically regurgitating whatever it is that they've been told. And that part, it is just like, this just never really set well with me, which I think is actually probably a lot of what stems with your message. is just like, man, like just the same old garbage. It's like everybody's in this line. And I recognize everybody in this line. And I'm like, mm, let me go over here to this line. One specific example that I can remember, I think I had one or two locations of my franchise at that time. I'm 20, maybe five, maybe 26 years old, mm-hmm. definitely doing over seven figures in my business. And I'm not like crushing, making a million dollars a year, but personally, but we're doing okay for a 25, for 25 years, I'm doing year old. That's pretty impressive. Doing pretty good. And I meet this guy at a networking event and he's a financial advisor. And I'm like, cool, man. I want to sit down with you too. Like, this is great. When we sit down, you'll show me like your accounts, right? Like show me where you have your money. Uh And he was like, excuse me, why would you ask me that? Basically? I mean, he didn't say like, I don't know if Mm -hmm. you know what to say in that moment. He was like, how dare I was the thought. And I thought that was really odd Uh that he wouldn't share. And not that he didn't necessarily have more money than me. I know that there's plenty of guys out there that have a little bit of an ego where they're like, okay, if this guy hasn't made more money than me, he can't teach me anything. I don't Mm -hmm. believe that, but I do believe like, just show me what you've done. And maybe it's what I want to do too, maybe it's not. But how can you advise me (laughs) if you haven't at least done for you? And so, yeah, I think I love how you call yourself the anti-financial advisor, because for me, all these years, I knew that I could make more money myself in a business or investing. But to have somebody like you in my life 10 years ago to say, actually, you're right, you can. So let me partner with you in that way, not necessarily try to fit you into my box that, Everybody Mm -hmm. else is lined up for. Let's come over here. Let's get creative. Let's look at your specific situation. That would have been incredible. And I probably would be even further where I am today compared to 10 years ago.
0: Yeah. Very interesting perspective. I love that. Well, and I want to go along with that, like going along with your lines versus trying to go that route, right? I mean, you've done some things like franchising and whatnot. And I know we've had a few topics on this show before too, because for some people, that seems like it could be a really big benefit, right? Obviously, there's some time commitments are in there. Some people feel like they're maybe too busy to take on anything and they just need to get their little team of Benjamins working for them, right? Get sure, their money yeah. worked for them instead. But for those that maybe have a little extra time on the side that could build something part-time, what would you, What kind of advice would you give to them?
1: Yeah, I think that there's a lot of people who leave corporate jobs unto starting a business or a franchise specifically. And I don't necessarily think that that you have to. I think that it comes down to the system or the involvement. So the listener is considering this, I would ask them to ask themselves what is your skill set. And so for me particularly at that time I had a skill set in sales and marketing. And so mm-hmm. technically I could have bought the location that I did, kept my job and then throughout like if I had a little different job maybe I could have been a little bit more flexible calling on corporate accounts and getting other people to order and growing the business without having to physically be there because it was an existing business. There was already a team there in place. Of course, there's always gonna be turnover and things that you gotta do to keep a business going. But Mm -hmm. I could have totally done that. Eventually, I had four locations and I remember sitting on the couch going, I'm bored. And it's not because I wasn't enthralled with the business. I had built some great teams and stuff. So I know that it can be done because in that moment, I had four franchises. I went back to work at the job I left like three and a half years before that. And in that same couple of year period, so I have the four locations. I'm working a sales job. I mm-hmm. built three new locations and or bought one. So bought one, built two, three different cities. So I had seven locations. I also started a real estate wow. company. Now that's a little bit crazy. I understand. Maybe that's not the uh-huh. listener, but my point is, is that you can absolutely purchase a business. I would maybe eventually say to uh, like an existing business, so you don't have to like build it ground up if you're going to keep your job. But totally, absolutely, that's possible. A lot of people do that.
0: Yeah. And I've noticed the more money you're willing to put into it, the more passive that franchise can become too. Seems like yeah. more of the lower priced franchise, are the ones you have to put a lot more time and energy into, where the other one you can get your more of your money working for you inside of it.
1: Yeah, well, again, it's just kind of maybe going back to purchasing something that's already existing. So, if you're purchasing yeah. a franchise, number one, there's a system, or at least there should be. So, that's an existing system, an existing process, and ideas and marketing and things that corporate provides for you. But if you can purchase an existing business, an already existing location of whatever this franchise is, mm-hmm. then you're purchasing something already in motion, and it probably doesn't need you to be in it as a mom and pop owner, although right. you probably could you could still operate at a high level in your job and just be a facilitator of people really at that point.
0: Right, because there's likely already a manager there that's already running the show, running things in that location, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, much easier. That's almost like a turnkey type of system, isn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, and I think that that's really, I mean, when you talk about passive income, I mean, there's just varying degrees of how much you invest and what the return is and what the involvement is. Those are kind of like the three factors maybe. But yeah, there's lots of different ways. So that's my encouragement, I guess, through you to your listeners is, whether you consider yourself a business person or a people person or a salesperson or whatever, owning a business, there's lots of benefits to owning a business, but you don't have to necessarily leave your job. In fact, there was a huge benefit when I had both. I was much more bankable to be able to continue to grow, even though I was still doing well. Like There's just certain key factors of a W-2 that the listener right now could still benefit from. They don't have to necessarily leave their job to be able to have side passive income or just they're involved and it's not necessarily passive, but it's a business. There's benefit.
0: That was one thing I've noticed too, when we've coached some clients that have businesses, but also have that W-2 employment. And they're like, yeah, I'm thinking about quitting my job and going full-time to this. I'm like, well, before you do that, let's get every dollar the bank will give us first. And then yep. you can quit. Yes. It is so much easier to get it when you have that boring little job that gives yep. you that steady little paycheck versus when you go into the more of the 1099, maybe you have a W-2 through your businesses,
1: but for the most part, banks love it when you have this that boring W two job. Yep, hundred percent. It's consistency. That's what they, they want to make sure you can make that payment. And also, two here's actually practically what it provides to the bank in that scenario mm-hmm. is it provides a way for you to say in your business plan that you don't need to pay yourself at least for a period of time. Yeah. Whether you do or not, it doesn't matter. If you do not have the job when you're doing the business plan, and then the bank's giving you a loan or an SBA or whatever, then they automatically take a certain percentage that whether you actually pay yourself or not, that's how they're going to calculate whether they're going to do the deal or not or how much that they're willing to do the deal. And so, yeah, if you have a side job and then this business, you have a plan around how that's not going to like how those things can work together and you can still keep your job and effectively run the business, usually they'll they'll allow you to allocate those funds back into the business and not have to allow it to be like owner income. That's right. Yeah. It kind of to play a little bit off
0: the words I said earlier in the show, it's run your business because you want to, not because you have to, right? Because you don't financially need the money from the business to be able to operate it. Right. Exactly.
1: Which is kind of how an investor operates anyway, right? Like I'm putting my money to work, not because I necessarily need those little dollars to come back today. It's more Mm -hmm. so of a long-term play of, yes, I like the little dollars. I like them coming. I want those little dollars to grow up and be bigger dollars. But it's discipline, it's the choice of discipline in that moment to choose this one thing today that maybe pays me a little bit, but over the course of time, it's a business that's being built, or it's an asset that later down the road is going to be worth more, or that will sell, and like, there's lots of long-term effect today, even if the money passively, quote unquote, is little. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, Chaz, before I ask you the literal multi-million dollar question for you in your life, I want to just... How can people follow you? Where can they find more information about you?
1: Yeah, of course, we're on all social medias, Facebook, Chaz Wolf, Instagram, Gathering the Kings. Gathering the Kings is the name of the podcast as well and the name of our mastermind group for seven and eight figure owners. And yeah, they can find us on TikTok as well, Chaz Wolf underscore Kings. We're out there. We wanna be able to help entrepreneurs. We wanna be able to connect and inspire people to reach their potential. And sometimes that looks like investing. Sometimes that looks like leveraging time. Sometimes that looks like leveraging Key relationships like we are here today and just pressing into those people that are around you and that can help you grow. Perfect.
0: Yeah. We'll be sure to put that in the show notes and our blog post on moneyripples.com so you guys can get all that in case you're driving. We don't want you guys crashing just because you're trying to write down all of this stuff, but yeah, definitely great podcast gathering the kings podcast. I was on it and great thing to follow. And yeah, I know you tracked good, high level quality people to your group too, like 100%. real sincere, authentic people. Yeah. So, so multi million dollar question for you is, Really, what do you attribute that's helped you to create those multi-millions in your life? Because I know somebody might say like, oh, you're just naturally good at business. You just got that business acumen and that kind of stuff, even though your background would say differently. But what would you really say is for you that has helped you create that kind of success?
1: Yeah, well, I think it's about greater or lesser desire. I don't think that, like you said, a single mom family upbringing, I didn't have a financial understanding. Nobody's wealthy in my family. So I had to learn all these things. In order to learn them, I had to want to learn them. So that's the desire. If you don't have a desire to either just be better as a human, be better as a dad, to be better as a husband, to be better as a productive citizen, and that might look like to you purchasing a business and impacting more people in your community or making an investment. Whatever the thing is, you have to have the desire to either want more, be better, level up, whatever you want to call it. It's about greater or lesser desire. And I'll leave you with a phrase. It's people do what they want to do. Period. People do what they want to do. It's greater or lesser desire. The people that are listening right now, they will figure out ways, whether that's through you or connecting with you or listening to this podcast, whatever. If they want to create passive income, they'll do it. If they don't, they won't. I know that sounds like uber simple, but I'm telling you right now, if the desire gets hot enough, action starts to happen. And so that could just be reaching out to Chris or getting on his website or whatever action that you need to take as a listener. The point is, is that If the desire is great enough, you'll do it every single time.
0: It's true. It's sad how simple some of these little actions are because we've had so many people that have joined our family, or become our clients that said, you know, I've been listening to the show for a while and I finally just decided maybe I will reach out like they've been asking. Maybe I'll just send an email. Like seriously, something as simple as an email and it's changed the course of their life. It took that desire, right? It had to be bigger than just be able to, the desire literally like for passive income had to be bigger than moving their fingers to type an email. That's pretty sad, actually, when I think about it that way.
1: (laughs) It is, but you're 100% true. And their desire to either not change or not rock the boat or be embarrassed, potentially to reach out and have somebody look at their situation, all of that, that's a greater desire at the current moment. They need to flip the script and go, "No, no, no, I have a greater desire to become wealthy or create passive income or... Those two things, what do those two things really give you? Time back with your family to be able to pour into your church and community or whatever you really want to go do, you can't yeah. because you don't have passive income. Let's just be honest. that's
0: <laughs> yes, right. It's all about desire, right? Right. Yeah, you too was right. I knew it. <sighs> <laughs> that's right. He told me over and over in that song. I just didn't pick it up till just now. But... Over and over. There you go. Yeah. Well, awesome. Chad, I really appreciate your time here today with us. And Like I said, we'll put your stuff in the show notes for people to join And And guys, I mean, chaz said it all like what's your desire what is it you truly want I and mean, something that chaz said resonate with you and you're like that's what i need do that go to his website go follow his podcast check that stuff out find ways to change your life now because it's not just about being the hearer of the word it's about being a doer as well so guys go and make it a wonderful and prosperous week I'll see you later